Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Interview Show. This is episode 629. We've got a great guest. Um, we've got Anne McCarthy, developer relations wrangler at Automatic. And we're going to, the main title of the show is How to Build Real Community in WordPress. I'm going to let Anne introduce herself quickly, and then we'll go into the main part of this great interview. So, Anne, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the tribe? I'd love to. Um, name's Anne McCarthy. Um, as Jonathan mentioned, I'm a developer relations wrangler for Automatic. I just started in this role in April 2020, right when the pandemic hit. So this is actually a very uh, timely show and something that I think a lot about since I basically started this work and the job that I have now um, when the when COVID really shut down the community. So I'm very excited to talk about this. And as I mentioned before the show, I'm super appreciative that you do these interviews and that you create a space for these conversations to happen. So thank you. Thank you. It's very nice of you to say that, Anne. I much appreciate you saying yeah. that. Um, you're a champ. Um, Stephen, um, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and followers? Yeah, uh, my name is Stephen Souter from zipfish.io, soon to be actually hustlefish.com. So uh, oh. going through a little bit of a, of a merger right now, which means my uh, plate is really full of all sorts of meetings and fun things like that. All right. You have to tell us more, maybe after the show. You probably have to disappear, but we need to have a chat about it. <laughs> uh, um, so, um, before we go into the main part of the interview, I want to talk about our great main sponsor, and that's Castus. Castus is if you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, it's a great platform for that. Um, you need an RSS feed, you need somewhere to store your audio files, you need a, a lot of other small elements to make your podcasting adventure enjoyable, and Castos provide that. They also provide a great interface, a great support team. You probably have, um, know of Matt Medeus of the Matt Report. Um, he's their head of customer uh, relations and happiness and he's a great guy a great support of the show they're a great wordpress focused company in the podcasting space so i suggest that you should go over and have a look at what they've got to offer and tell them that you heard about them on the wp tonic show that really supports the show and the tribe so and maybe you could give us a quick background of how you got involved in WordPress, how you got involved in Automatic, and your new semi-new role as developer of relations wrangler at Automatic. Yeah, so I actually originally started out using Blogger. That was the first blogging platform I used. And I used it to connect with a friend because AIM couldn't handle how much you wanted to say to each other. <laughs> so we had private blogger accounts. And um, when I went off to school at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, um, I needed a job. And there was a position open for an instructional technologist. And uh, I interviewed with um, a wonderful man named Jeff Van Drimlin, who basically introduced me to WordPress. And 
he, it was my first remote job. It was my first job in WordPress. And the whole point of it was to teach professors and students and clubs how to use WordPress. And they were actually in the, in the moment of transition away from other platforms to a multi-site on campus. So it was a pretty neat, neat time. Um, as a student, I always joke that I have two degrees. I majored in psychology, but then I got like a crash course in WordPress and multi-sites. Um, and so by the, by the time I graduated, um, I found out that, uh, UNC was actually a VIP client of Automatics. And so some of my coworkers had an amazing meetup with the VIP team and came back and I was about to graduate. And they're like, Anne, you have to apply. <laughs> like, just apply to something there. You'll have so much fun. And I had no idea that um, the community existed. I had just gone to my first WordCamp then in 2013 and in Raleigh. And it was very small. Like, I knew one of the speakers, which was kind of strange. Like, it kind of was just more like a gathering of friends. And that was my first foray into things. Um, and then once I joined Automatic, I kind of really opened my eyes. I think two weeks after I joined in 2014, I went to WordCamp San Francisco. And it was just like, what? I was like, it's like going to Disneyland. I was like, I didn't know. Like, I thought we just had like a stuffed animal of, you know, a character. But like now to actually be surrounded by, um, by everyone, I actually stopped Matt Monwig from going into the green room because I didn't recognize him. <laughs> so it was kind of a funny experience to be around all those folks who made something such a, you know, meaningful part of my time in college and in my own life um, to actually meet those people in person. And at Automatic, I started as a happiness engineer on the Vault Press team and then moved into Jetpack um, whenever the products got merged slowly but surely um, and have kind of messed with so many different plugins at the company from um, WP Job Manager to Sensei to CrowdSignal, previously Pulldaddy. Um, so I kind of had a, you know, I, I was involved with the community in terms of um, how those plugins interact with the community space, but I wasn't actually in the community beyond just going to events, maybe representing Jetpack or volunteering. Um, and so switching into this role in April, 2020 was really exciting and like a big opportunity for me to take what I've learned from working with people across different time zones and cultures and products <laughs> and actually go out into the community and, um, in my mind, give back so much of what I've been given. Um, I really credit WordPress to, to changing my life in many ways. So, um, it's been really a neat and fun role and also a strange time to be doing <laughs> literally a relations job whenever the main way that we would relate with each other through word camps and meetups um, has changed drastically. Right. Over to you, Stephen. I, you mentioned like WordPress meetups and stuff, which feels like a very core aspect of uh, what WordPress is and a lot of how a lot of people got like introduced to it or like found mm -hmm. that community. And a lot of those have stopped over um, the course of COVID and all of that. Uh, what have you been seeing like from the WordPress community? Like how are people communicating or like still mm. building that sense of community? Or is it something that's kind of just been put on pause? Everybody's been, you know, working on their own code in their own rooms. <laughs> and then everyone's just excited about the possibility of getting back out and showing what, you know, they've done over the last, you know, year and a half, two years. Yeah, it's super interesting you ask this because this is, I feel like I almost had like a lesson in this, um, just within Automatic itself, because we only see each other like once a year. So the second I joined the company, within a, about a month, I started a thing called like Automatic Life Chats, which was essentially pairing up people from across the company manually at the time to just get to know each other. This is when we were about like 230 people or something like that. And so throughout my time at the company, I've been thinking a lot about how do you connect people um, when it's so much easier to disengage? Like we're all overwhelmed with notifications. We all like are trying to do our best and do, do work. You know, um, We all have like loved ones that we're having to help manage in like a real life that we're also building our work around. And I saw a lot of this at play with the community now. 
And the way I try to think of it is almost like, a, what's the opportunity with COVID? Like, how can we actually make our communities more resilient? Um, how can we use this time to actually like not rely? So one of the things we talk about is like, don't rely on meetups to get to know each other. Don't rely on meetups to get the most work done. So like, how can we actually build that in when, you know, for WordPress, the meetups and WordCamps, that was the staple. That was the backbone. What can we create now that even when we can go back in person, suddenly we're not relying on those spaces and we can actually include more people like as, as accessible as those events often are, especially cost wise. And sometimes they have childcare. Um, they still are not that accessible to everyone. <laughs> so I keep thinking about like who else can show up right now that otherwise could not show up in these spaces. Um, and for me personally, like one of the coolest things that I've seen is like the meetups that are just doing them online and letting anyone join. So I've been able to like travel the world from my, you know, yeah. <laughs> home and meet people from across different communities and jump in and talk about like full site editing or 5.8 when it was coming out and actually connect with people that otherwise I'd actually travel to their place and meet them in person. And to be able to do that in groups of 10 to groups of a hundred has been really exciting and cool. Um, in particular, I love the mega meetup that um, folks in Florida do. I'm actually from Florida originally. I think that's a really cool model. So anytime you can join together, um, within the WordPress space itself, I actually have spearheaded a couple different ideas. One is um, the outreach program for full sighting. And that's been like a really neat community space. And originally it was just supposed to be for feedback. So it just calls for testing. But I quickly realized um, I really missed not the presentations. Like the presentations are great. And, you know, you're like, you learn a lot and whatever. And like everything was going online at the time. What I missed was the like, you're walking down a hallway and you bump into someone and you start talking, one of you pulls out a computer. Next thing you know, you're opening an issue. Like, it's like, I yeah. miss that. And so I, I started this like joking idea of like very casual, like grassroots, um, just hallway hangouts. And it kind of was inspired by some folks who I saw like streaming. I saw some teams doing like the docs team does a great like coffee break um, to get together a coffee break, but it's basically bring whatever drink you want. Um, and they just hang out and talk. And so running these like hallway hangouts from everything, like recently there was one on the navigation editor where they were comparing the old and the new. Um, I'm actually running one tomorrow for the outreach program going over like high level full sighting um, issues. And then I'm running another one with a group of folks on adoption pathways for full sighting. And it's like, and some of them are super formalized around a topic. Some are like, hey, I'm trying to build a block theme and I'm just going to live stream this. Um, like Helen did a really cool one around widgets. Um, she also did one around block theming. Um, so it's, I love seeing that because you're actually able to have, without feeling like you're imposing, <laughs> you know, you can sit with someone for three hours and watch them like do magic, basically like watching Helen work for three hours. I was like, this is incredible. And I've watched, <laughs> I've watched and taken notes and written down all the bugs she finds whenever she does streams, which is always really fun. Um, so those kinds of things make me really excited, especially because it's also recorded. Previously, those conversations with contributors were behind closed doors at dinners, um, you know, now it's like, oh, can we have these out in the open? And I think with 5.8, even the go, no-go date and the demo that they did with, um, that was recorded with Matthias and Matt and Josefa and Helen, that's really cool. You actually get to see the guts of WordPress. And to me, all of this will make us more resilient um, in the long run. Yeah, I really like that perspective because I feel like it's so easy for me to like get stuck into like what's 
changed or what's different instead of like, what have we gained? And like, just jump into this, like there's stuff that's happened that is really cool that it never would have happened, you know, without forcing everybody to be able to start using webcams and microphones and stuff (laughs) like that. I mean, like me uh, getting on the WB Tonic show and meeting Jonathan was all because Mm. of, you know, COVID stuff. Uh, Because, you know, you're out there making connections, uh, reaching out to people that you normally wouldn't because, you know, there's not randomly bumping into people in the hallway. So you just randomly bump into people online. And it's it's all been downhill since, hasn't it, Steve? (laughs) Um, So um, I just want to put this to you, um, Anne. Um, I felt before COVID, and this varies because each word camp has its own personality to some extent, mm. its own feeling, um, buzz, whatever word you want to use. But it, I feel it's like the Florida word camp or the Orange County or the LA or the Las Vegas. they all got a different kind of vibe. But in general, I, I think there were kind of problems before COVID that the format was getting a little bit tired. Yeah. That um, you were seeing the same speakers almost almost at all the events and getting more exclusive, um, more diverse speakers. Um, it is difficult because we've got to face facts that WordPress is a highly developer dominated um, project. Um, so diversity sometimes can be a bit difficult. Did Do you think there's any truth in my observation? And maybe you got some remarks before we go for yeah. our break, Anne. I'm trying to think because, like, I was always an enthusiastic participant. I've never actually managed um, an event. So I can't speak from that side. I can just speak from – actually, I'm also kind of a nomad before COVID, so I – they would send me off to everything because I have no kids. I have no pet. I have no partner. <laughs> They're like, Anne, you want to go to this? I'm like, great. <laughs> um, so I've been to a lot of different ones. And what you're describing, I think, is really interesting. It reminds me of um, Paul Graham has an article about like the message a city sends and how each city is a little bit different about what it values. And I noticed that with WordCamps is like there's a little bit of a different vibe to each yeah. one. Um, so it's a really good call out. I do think there are problems um, for sure. Like I think especially in terms of... Um, I hate to, to like use a very generalized term of accessibility, but like who can actually go to those and have time to attend, um, I think is really tricky. And then there's also like an exclusivity. Um, like I know personally, it's like, I, I didn't know the players. So like it was one of those things where if you don't actually know people before you go, it's almost like summer camp. You're a little bit left out. You're like, well, everyone else has friends, but like, what about me? And I actually brought a partner to one word camp and she just had a horrible time. Um, she did marketing at Google, um, very smart, had a lot to offer and, you know, couldn't connect with folks if she wasn't just didn't know the words, didn't know the, you know, there's a lot of layers there. And I think now with that being kind of shaken up, I'm actually hopeful that we'll, we'll see some of that shift. Um, and I do think the diversity element and who you actually include in the spaces that you create, um, that is something I'm also keen to see iterated upon, um, when, and if we return and what that actually looks like, because, I think there's a lot of folks who, I mean, speaking personally, I get really anxious about public speaking. I do not like giving talks. I get physically shaky, like it's not fun. But this format, easy. (laughs) So I've given more talks I ever have in my entire life um, and feel a lot better about recording them because it actually is way less for my mental health. It's way easier for me. You know, I'm not like 
unable to sleep the night before. And I imagine that's true for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think, I think um, I've done a bit of public speaking and you do get nervous, you, you know, but I like the buzz. No, I do I, not. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a strange mixture. I'm, My dad's uh, a public speaking kind of guy, so I'm surprised yeah. I didn't inherit some element of that. But. <laughs> no, uh, what I was going to say is I'm partly introverted and partly extroverted. I'm a strange cookie, mm. which Stephen would testify. <laughs> uh, um, um, so, but... Um, yeah, I get. I think this, you know, most people at public speaking they get nervous, but I like I like the buzz of it. You know, I like being on the edge. There's always been that little bit of edginess about <laughs> me, uh, um, which I kind of suppressed. But now I just wallow <laughs> in it. Uh, um, I just accept that part of my character. So, what? How are we doing for time? My my clock has disappeared slightly. Uh, um, where's my um, 20 minutes think, in? It looks like, yeah, my time has disappeared. Where, where, there? Oh, it's come back. All right. Um, I think we're going to go for our break, folks. And I sort out my technical problems and we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Launch Flows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels. No friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. We've had a great conversation with Anne McCarthy, developer relations wrangler. It's automatic. That's a mouthful, isn't it? I know it is. Even even the title. Uh, um, Before um, we go into, you just listened to a advert for Launch Flows. I just want to say Launch Flows is offering a really great offer just for exclusively just for the tribe. If you go over to WP Tonic newsletter, you'll be able to get a lifetime deal of launch flows with almost a third off. It's just a fantastic deal just offered to the tribe. So go over there and also sign up for our newsletter, our weekly newsletter, where you'll be told all the juicy bits 
on the bonus content of our outrageous WP Tonic Roundtable show, the scourge of WordPress and many a tech company. Uh, um, so <laughs> it's all good fun, isn't it? And we're in, I'm, in, I'm in the entertainment business, and for God's sake. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about... So um, I think one thing that we didn't cover before we went for our break, and it was also, I think there was a problems about speakers and about the same people being almost at every word camp um, and getting speakers. I've really attempted to try and get more diversity on my podcast. When you're part of that, and yeah. that, that real attempt to get women and more and it is intentional it takes a lot of intentionality and, and, and actually meeting it's, been, where they it's are. been quite difficult and to get um i don't know it's the lack of charm but i would have thought talking to Stephen would have induced them <laughs> to come on the show uh, um but it's been difficult and do you think other people other the feedback that you've got from um organizers and just is it a general problem trying to get more diverse speakers and persuade people to come on things and I know right now a lot of it is I mean this has been like a well-documented thing like let's just take like mothers or women right now like they're with the pandemic a lot of times they're already taking on a large share of household duties and now it's like even worse um and I I hear this with Coworkers, I hear this from friends. I've read articles about this. Like it's a, it's very. I'm sad, I'm sad to hear that in a oh, way. Oh, it's awful. Because, yeah. Because um, I come across the parts of me are quite tra- traditional, um, mm-hmm. classified as conservatism, <laughs> whatever that is. Uh, um, but I believe you know I lived in Scandinavia for two years. I, I dated a Norwegian lady for over three years, and I can mm-hmm. tell. Um, we um, we done the chores equally, you know. They have a lot of equality. <laughs> I have a little um, Norwegian in me, so yeah. In some ways, it was a very traditional relationship. Um, mm-hmm. But when it came to chores, actually, you know, all the boring stuff, we split it 50-50. Um, but you find you get a lot of feedback. I know going off subject a little bit, um, we have to get back to it, but I thought. So you get a lot of feedback that affects their ability because they're num- they're kind of dumped all the responsibilities of the household, are they? Yeah, it's a combination of that, and I also think um, the exhaustion of showing up in a space that's not built for you. Like I know that's the thing that like I'm part of the queer community, so that comes up there. Is you know if you don't see anyone else who's LGBTQ, why would you? You know, you're like, okay, cool. This is this is kind of strange. So like I. In core meetings and in core dev meetings, I actually, everyone reacts with like an emoji and I react with a wave and like the pride flag. And I've had actually people reach out and say like, this is so awesome. Like, thank you for doing that. I didn't know there was something like that makes me want to join the meeting. Um, so I think there's little things like that about, um, there's there's talk about diversity and inclusion and it's like, um, there's a lot asked. of talk about it, but Wait, not, it's, much, it's a lot not, of action. not too much action about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, well, and I challenge people, with, if you're having a hard time finding diversity, think about the space that you're creating. Like, think about how you're reaching out to people because it's not just about pulling people on. It's like, what's the experience when they actually come? Because I can tell you, if someone has a great time in your community, they are going to tell their friends. Um, 
And that is, it's, it's just humanity. It's how we are. And like, if I know for me, like I've told a lot of queer friends who are in tech, I'm like, Hey, the WordPress space is really cool. Um, I actually was a part of a group that helped, you know, through automatic, we sponsored like an LGBTQ meetup at one of the WordCamp US's like that kind of dynamic where you can actually have these communities within communities, I think are really important, but it's also think about inclusion first before you think about diversity. Cause I think you'll find, um, it's really important when you do have people from different backgrounds on that they feel really comfortable and it's a space that's thought of, they have thought of them before they come. Does that make any sense? Oh, totally, Anne, because, you know, I'm a 58-year-old, six-foot English <laughs> person. People, when they see me, and I'm quite a large guy, bone structure, so I've been told that I can be a little bit intimidating. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm speak. five foot two, and I get called intimidating, so I'm just kidding. Oh, right. No, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You don't strike me as intimidating. <laughs> no, no, uh, I think to myself, we all have these assumptions, yes. don't we, Anne? Um, you know, we just, and I, I think as long as we are aware of them and can consciously try and deal with them, they will always be there. It's at the core of us, isn't it? Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I would hope people would treat me as as an individual, Jonathan, and I would hope that people would treat you as Anne and people would treat Stephen as Stephen, not yeah. try and just categorize us in, in a box. A, <laughs> in a box, really. But it doesn't yeah. always happen, does it, Anne? So yeah. over to you, mm-hmm. Stephen. Um, yeah, kind of diving into this whole idea of community, I think in, in the WordPress space, I think like one divide that I think is interesting is uh, like the WordPress automatic people versus like the WordPress uh, just develop developers working on uh, the WordPress core or their own plugins or whatever. Um, and I don't think that that divide is like mm. there because people are trying to make it there, right? There's a lot of effort to try to like bridge that gap. Yet it's still, I don't know, as a developer sitting outside of the automatic world and looking in, like, it seems like a lot of people, you know, who are friends, having fun, developing content, working together. Um, and there's always this kind of feeling of like distance looking in, not that like they're, I'm not being invited and it's just, we're, we're in different worlds and different places. Um, and there's mm-hmm. always like this apprehension, like what's automatic going to do next? What's going to happen? Where are things going? Um, because that directly impacts what I'm working on, right? Like the code that I wrote, you know, two years ago might have to get rewritten, but for oftentimes good reasons, right? Like the platform mm-hmm. is progressing and stuff. But um, like, I know what that feels like, but like from your point of view, what does it look like to be on the automatic side and looking out at all of us crazy developers kind of doing oh, our own man. things that have really strong opinions about, you know, how things should <laughs> yeah. be? Yeah. Well, for starters, I do want to extend an offer. Like I'm at Anzazu. I'm Rupus Slack. I'm not on Twitter. I'm like the worst millennial. I'm not on any social media right now. But um, nomad.blog is my site. There's a contact form. Like if you're, if you resonate with what Stephen's describing, like, please reach out. Cause I would love to help get inroads. Like, I think that's one of the things that I've started doing since I joined, I actually have this whole handbook page on navigating the community and making these cultural things that are, um, implicit or that you would hear from like someone at a word camp, just written down, like just write mm-hmm. it down. And I actually have discovered this at automatic, like with long time people at automatic, this happens like the same problem happens everywhere. I think it's a function of remote work and 
I think part of what you're describing is, you know, you're doing this on top of your business. Um, you're doing this on top of maybe you run three plugins, like whatever it is, whatever your situation is. Um, automaticians who work in the community have the benefit of doing this full time. And I can tell you, it's a big responsibility. Like, how do I, um, how do I share just enough information where it's not overwhelming, where there's a really good signal to noise ratio? I think about this a lot with the outreach program. Um, Cause like, in truth, I could share something every day and it would be so overwhelming. No one would keep up. Everyone would be drowning. So it's like, how do I, how do I see people's time as like extremely precious and offer many ways for people to engage um, rather than just like, you know, barreling through. It's like, how do we bring people with us? Even if it means we have to walk a little bit slower um, or we have to build a couple more ramps. I think about that a lot with, with this kind of stuff. And I think um, those of us, you know, across different companies like Yoast or Bluehost, where you have full-time contributors, we all think about this. And I know there's the idea of like duty of care. Um, and that comes to mind a lot is, you know, we have a duty to the people who have less time than us to make sure our PR descriptions are super clear where they're not having to read <laughs> 10 paragraphs about something or click on five different PRs to figure something out, which quite frankly, I do most weeks. Like I feel like I, have to, I spend a lot of time doing that. And we have a lot to improve there. Um, tied to this, a lot of it, I know recently, um, a lot of discussions come up around like dev tooling. And especially when it comes to things with a block editor, it's like, how can we make it so easy so that there are those entry points that developers have always loved about WordPress? Um, and I think there's a lot of, I'm very excited because like people like Helen or Mark Jakewith, like Riyadh, like there's, there are people who are starting to actually like put things in place. Um, Ryan Welcher, who's also a new developer relations wrangler automatic chimed in on an issue about, um, block creation documentation, like creating more technical, like complex, um, resources there. So I think there's a level of when you are an automatician, I think a lot about, foundation building. And like, even if for the first year, no one shows up and it's just me being consistent foundation building, that's fine. And that's what the outreach program was. We didn't start, it started in May, but we didn't actually start until December. So like between that time, there was a lot of just like consistent, like, you know, kind of like if you build it, maybe they'll come, but also like working transparently and wanting to bring other people along with me. Um, and I think that that's a key part of what I think about every single day. Like, how do we move I think Josepha says this a lot. How do we move fast enough to stay relevant, but slow enough to be ethical? And so I think one thing I've been thinking a lot about is um, with WordPress releases, it's like we're relying a lot on sponsored contributors right now. I don't think that surprises anyone. If you look at, you can go look at the credits for each release. Um, and with COVID, that's getting like not worse and worse, but it's becoming more apparent. Um, so it's one of those things where I'm like, man, do we release less features? But then that impacts the users. And like that could let's say you have like an enhancement that could save an hour of everyone's time. I mean, cross 42% of the internet, like what's the ethical move here? And how do we, how do we do things so that there's a really firm track record? So when someone can have the time again, they can catch up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think about this stuff a lot. I don't have necessarily like perfect answers, but I do um, in my day-to-day -day actions, try to live that out of foundation building, creating pathways for different people um, and making yeah. sure that everything I'm doing is well, well-documented. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of tension there because yeah. you have like I, I think you're right that it, like it boils down to the time, right? Uh, I, I would assume that you know somebody at Yoast who's a full time contributor, right? And like that's their career and their job. They stay plugged in and they're able to feel a much more part of that community. But when you but when you have um, a business that you're running, right? And you're going through your QuickBooks and reconciling stuff and trying to pay your taxes, and make your payroll oh, yeah. and all of that stuff, like. 
being able to like carve out the time to invest in WordPress, you know, it's, it's a precious commodity. And all, um, I can tell you my, my brother, my dad, my uncle, they're all small business owners. So like, I am very familiar yeah, with you know, that. You know, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And it's something I talked to my dad a lot about because he'll call me complaining about WordPress stuff. And, you know, I can explain it to him all day, but like, he doesn't, he's like, no, this is still, this is a detriment in this way. I'm like, cool, let's talk about this more. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think, what the best thing we can do is make it really easy to engage when you want to. And I'll, I'll actually send you all a post afterwards, but I wrote something called like ways to keep up with full site editing that offered, like, if you can only spend 10 minutes a month, here's the thing to follow. If you can only spend like kind of just different scales of detail. Yeah. Um, cause I think, I think making those communication pathways really clear, um, especially cause to be honest, to make network is really cumbersome to, <laughs> figure out like the make blogs are not always great. Um, so like, how can we make sure everything's tagged properly? How can we make sure there's like very clearly, like this is where you can find this information. Um, and I'll send that to you all later. Right. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. I've lost track of time, but I think <laughs> we're getting close to the 30 minutes. Hopefully. Um, hopefully you're okay to stay on for another 15 oh, yeah. minutes, aren't you? Totally game. Great. You'll be able to watch everything and the bonus content on the WP Tonic Facebook page and YouTube channel. It also, if you want to join us tomorrow um, for the WP Tonic show, you won't be watching it because you won't be. You'll be next week. Well, next Friday, you put it that way. If you want to join us on the WP Tonic Roundtable show, please join us. But you can watch that live on the WP Tonic Facebook group page. Just do a search WP Tonic Mastermind Group and sign up and you'll be able to join us, ask questions and be part of the roundtable show and the bonus content. It's a rather outrageous show, but very enjoyable. Uh, my language gets outrageous as well. That's why Stephen won't join us anymore. So, no, how about kidding, folks? Um, so, Anne... How can people find out more about you, what you're up to at Automatic and your words of wisdom, man? Probably just nomad.blog. Um, I also, I am a big believer in connecting one-on-one with people. Um, I am pretty introverted, but I, uh, I love, I love talking to folks. So if you ever have a topic you want to talk about, I don't have all the answers, but I can find them is what I like to say. Um, so just at Anzazu on WordPress.org Slack is probably the easiest way. And then just my site, nomad.blog. I share a lot of, it ranges from, you know, mental health to WordPress to like travels I've been on to photography. It's pretty all over the place. So fair warning. Sounds like <laughs> me. Sounds like <laughs> me as well. Yeah. Uh, um, Stephen, um, how can people find out more about you and your well, it's going to be renamed company. So how do I yeah, find cur- out more? Uh, currently, you can head over to zipfish.io or hustlefish.com um, as they kind of get merged together here. Oh, how exciting. You're going to have to maybe do a special and tell us all about this uh, um, <laughs> in October. Um, it's been a great show, folks. Uh, like I say, go over to the WP Tonic Facebook page or YouTube channel to see the rest of this great interview with a great WordPress individual, Anne McCarthy. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 